0: Hello and welcome. You're watching Be The People. in am Rishika Barua. Without a debate and amid the chaos, the Lok Sabha on the 26th of July has passed the Forest Conservation Amendment Bill 2023. Environmentalists have demanded, well, nothing short of a rollback. They say that this is a bill that will finish our forests, be disastrous for forest resources and hit livelihood of millions, mostly tribals. The government obviously disagrees. Balancing industrial development versus the conservation of forests has been an age-old challenge. But with greater industrialization, inevitably, greater parcels of our forest land will be sacrificed. Experts say that the Forest Conservation Act of 1980 has done a reasonably good job to help the state to check and regulate this and also impose appropriate costs on industrial exploitation. So what is this new bill? Why is it so controversial? And most importantly, why should you care about it? The new bill seeks to amend the 1980 Act. Now, the construction of highways, Heidel power projects and other such developmental projects in geographically sensitive areas within 100 kilometers of the international border or the line of control or the line of actual control will no longer require forest clearance. The bill also proposes the reclassification of our forests. So, essentially, uh, it will apply only to forest lands that are notified under the Indian Forest Act or recorded as forests in government records. So, forest land that falls within the dictionary meaning of a forest but are not officially recognized in any government record will now be excluded from protection. Further... No permission will be needed from indigenous people and village councils to carry out development work in these forest areas. So what are the objections? Well, environmentalists argue that this will threaten India's forest cover, Most simply put. Hill states like Himachal, Uttarakhand, Jammu and Kashmir, most recently ravaged by floods, will be further threatened by this ecological imbalance. There are entire states, remember, that fall within the 100-kilometer radius of an international border. The, almost the entire forests of Tripura, Mizoram, Nagaland, Sikkim, Meghalaya stand exposed. Further, experts also say that taking away protection from vast tracts of so-called deemed forests which are not officially recorded as forests and permitting activities like ecotourism and safaris, etc. is going to completely compromise them. Environmentalists further have said that this is a dilution of the Supreme Court's 1996 judgment, a case where they extended protection to white tracts of forest, even if they were not recorded in the government records. Now, government data shows that India's forest cover, and this is very interesting, has actually risen from 2001 to 2021. But critics argue that dense forest has actually decreased during that period and natural ecosystems cannot compare with commercial plantations and once these natural ecosystems these dense forests are destroyed they're going to be extremely hard to restore. Now just to put this entire story in context for our viewers India is far from the target of 33 percent forest cover. Currently there is 26 24.6% of our geographical area which is forest and 21% land area has a forest cover but only 12.37% is intact natural forest. This is the government's own data. Further, like there are objections to many such things there have also been several objections to the manner in which expert recommendations were ignored. And all clauses that were proposed by the central government on this bill were cleared despite the fact that there was dissent by four opposition MPs who were part of the joint parliamentary committee that was constituted to look at the other side, to look at what the environmentalists have to say. There are also over a hundred ex-civil servants who've written to the minister to roll this bill back. They've raised a whole host of objections with this, uh, with the provisions of this bill, the ambiguity around it, and the manner in which it has seen the light of day. Now, remember, it's inevitable. The bill has been passed in the Lok Sabha. It will soon see the light of day after it is cleared in the Rajya Sabha. On We the People tonight, we ask: Is this the law that we need to battle? the Climate Change Challenge. That's the simple question that we're going to ask on the show today. Joining us in the studios, we have uh, Mr. R.R. Rashmi. He is a distinguished fellow with Terry and also the former Special Secretary, Ministry of Environment, Forest and Climate Change. We have Dr. Abhi Tamim Vanak. He is a researcher at Ashoka Trust for Research and Ecology and the Environment. We have Naveen Vibhav. He's a senior lawyer Uh, environmental practice at the Supreme Court in New Delhi. We have Prerna Singh Bindra, wildlife conservationist, former member of the National Board for Wildlife. Dr. Ravi Chalam, he is the CEO of uh, uh, the Magistering Foundation and Coordinative Biodiversity Collaborative, joining us from Bangalore. And Debaditya Sinha, he is the lead climate and ecosystems at Vidhi Center for Legal Policy, also with us in the studio. Thank you all very much uh, for joining us. I think Devaditya uh, sinha uh, if I can begin by asking you, uh, you know, I've read that you've you've written several several sort of pieces on this, and you've been quoted in several pieces. The, 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 at the very heart of this, isn't uh, isn't it true that you know the definition of forest is really where we are uh, where we are really stuck. Because now uh, it's not what is defined as forest, but essentially what is stamped as forest, which is going to be counted as forest, and that is that is, you believe, problematic.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, because uh, so I just want to start with one uh, basic thing that you know, uh, forests in our countries are not just sending trees; they have deep ecological and cultural history behind them, and uh, and there has been like. Uh, several um, like moments in the last three centuries like where we have seen that, how we have seen forests, understand the forest. So, for example, when, when British brought the first forest policy, their aim was to, you know, uh, uh, take timbers from the forest. Hmm. Okay. Then the second forest policy in nineteen early 1900s, uh, it was like uh, more on the focus on agriculture. But 1980s was a time when there was a significant change in the way we actually seen the forest. Hmm. For example, the forest was before state subject, it was then brought to the concurrent list. That means the central and the state the, uh, both will have the wow. powers to regulate forest. Other thing was the major change was the change in uh, the third forest policy, national forest policy, which said that forest our national heritage. You need to protect the forest for conservation of ecosystem and all this thing. And second thing, very importantly, it mentioned that any direct economic benefit will be subordinate to the ecological uh, benefit of the forest. What that does means that mean? It just means that if suppose, for example, you have to cut the forest for economic benefit, then you have to first give the importance to the role of the forest in the larger ecological function hmm. so you cannot just say that you know i want to cut the forest because there is a mine or something like that so it's hmm. a sacrosanct hmm. so this change has come only forest
0: land is sacrosanct yes a and that is what is and that this is forest, what has been yes. changing over yes. the course and this of the forest
1: conservation act. act is not the first law because we have indian forest act which yes. actually defines like you know how the state will identify the forest and notify the forest and all the rights over the forest but right. forest conservation act was first time in the act it says that this act is just one line it says act for conservation of forest i think this defines everything yes the controversy came because the states were in were, were continuing to still indiscriminately clearing the forest yes without a, uh, approval of approval central government because they said that we see forest only as notified forest under indian forest act right now the central government uh, was also helpless then some gentlemen went to court and this background i am giving you to understand how this bill affects those things the supreme right. court has said we have to understand forest by dictionary meaning because it's not defined. Yes. Which is what
0: the Supreme Court said in 1996.
1: Yes, yes. In the government order and they said there are three, four categories of forest which will will request uh, approval of central government under section 2 of the Forest Consumption Act. This act is all about approval of central government. Right.
0: I'm just going to simplify this. What the Supreme Court essentially said in 1996 is that anything that is not necessarily even documented as forest or legally a forest as as far as government records but has forest land and could be a private land is also should be deemed as forest and therefore protected. That's something that this bill is doing away with?
1: No. So, basically, you have to understand there are two different things. One is the definition of forest under the Act. Right. Other thing is what uh, kind of forest will require permission of central government, the right. operative part. Okay. So, for the Act, obviously, decision meaning is there, but the Supreme Court clarified in later on also, like, for any forest to require c- c- uh, clearance under Forest Transition okay. Act, you need to uh, certify three conditions. One is this, it's first notified by Indian state law or Indian Forest Act. Second is, it has to be notified in any government record. It was something new, the... Supreme has introduced that right. interpretive third thing is their state will identify deem forests in their like you know states because it's not the natural because they said you cannot define forest in India, a country like India where have ten major sure. zones and more than two hundred types of different forest cover. Right. So uh, that was the thing.
0: You know, given the fact that there is, there has been so much controversy over this bill, uh, Mr. Rashmi, if I can ask you as someone who's been at the helm of it, you know, you've been in this ministry, you've served in this ministry in the past. What's the rationale? What is the thinking? Why do we have or oh, Bill, you know, as Mr. Chelam has argued in a piece that he's written, why do we need to fix something that is not broken?
2: No, uh, I would uh, beg to disagree with him. It is really broken because, you know, the t- aim of the government or the, the, our, um, uh, aim of the objective of the, nas- the Forest Conservation Act is to promote the forest coverage. No, the goal is 33%. Yes. We are at 24%. Thir- yes. And if you see the breakup, 21% is in the notified forest area. 3% right. is outside the forests. And what is growing? Not the forests. What is growing is the trees outside the forest. In the, in the uh, forest survey of 2021, if you look at that, The tree cover outside the forest is the only area which has actually grown in terms of green cover in the country. Hmm. The forests have not grown. Hmm. So it's a myth that just because we have a forest bureaucracy, the forests are growing. It's not. Hmm. The problem is that we are not involving all the stakeholders in promotion and conservation and enhancement of the forests. We are only leaving it to the natural regeneration process and the people who are managing the forests. The communities are not getting involved in this. And the problem arose because the uh, you know, the dictionary meaning of the forest is a very technical definition. You know, anything which you see, anywhere you see a tree, a, a, a crown cover, you will declare it as a forest. Mm. And that's what the Forest Department has done. And that has actually impeded the growth of tree cover and the green cover, both within the forest and outside the forests. So what is actually happening is that this uh, bill, uh, there are many problematic areas with, even within this act, which has just been passed, but two main things which this uh, Act seeks to do right. is to, one, clarify the definition of forest, hmm. which has remained um, an area of contention hmm. uh, because of the Supreme Court, the expansion of the definition of forest. It says anything which is looks like a forest and the Forest Department declares as a forest should be a forest. Now, that is not the technical definition of a forest in the Act. Hmm. The Act says that anything which is notified as a forest, reserved forests, degraded forests, open forests, and the forests which are recorded as forest in the revenue records of the government, those are forests. Mm. Now a community uh, or a farmer who tries to grow trees on his or her land, Mm. if that is declared as forest and then it is subject to government regulation that before he or she cuts the forest for timber purposes or for any other purposes, then he has to seek permission of the forest. That will come in the way of development and also the increase of the green cover. So that is what this act seeks to remove this major hurdle in the definition of forest and this regulatory control of the bureaucracy over the forests.
0: But wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't many argue that it is this regulatory control, so to speak, that has saved us from deforestation? And like I said, I'm putting it very simply for the benefit of our viewers. Uh, But I mean, how does further opening up uh, or making it easier uh, to cut trees going to help in increasing our forest cover it's a very, it's a very simple question i'm putting it very no, plainly
2: yeah the, the it's not uh, because of the regulatory control by uh, because the dilution of the regulatory control alone that this will happen right the promotion and the con- enhancement of the forest cover will take uh, will take place because of the involvement of the communities which are actually involved in benefiting, okay. the ac- benefiting but, from the projects. But the
0: communities aren't going to be consulted and that's a whole different but story. But let me just
2: clarify the one point which you said is the, the, uh, the uh, Forest Conservation Bill, uh, the, the Act of 1980 has been doing well. Absolutely. But it is not because uh, they, the, there is a regulatory control. But okay. because the diversion of the forest lands is supported by a framework for compensatory afforestation. And the, that is why the diversion of lands has now come down in the, in the last uh, the uh, from before 1980 okay. the 40 lakhs of hectares of land were diverted okay. now it's only 10 lakhs in the
3: last 40 years all
0: right prerna Prindra, you want to come in
3: Uh yeah uh, uh yeah i do so the, the my first contention would be i think we we stop need to stop calling it an amendment the changes are so fundamental so sweeping it's an entirely new law okay and basic basic difference that i see is that the objective the one-line objective was to check deforestation and not to um uh, and now it seems to be to promote deforestation and as the gentleman just said to enhance green cover you you put in the question first that will this stop help us battle climate change no because natural ecosystems and there are n number of well-established scientific studies that natural old-growth ecosystems that um, are more effective in sequestering carbon. In in some studies, it indicates at least forty percent greater chance of um, greater sequestration capability. So you can't recreate forests uh, in you know planting trees, and we have a pathetic record of uh, plantations. More than about ninety percent are um, if you if you do a 90% of our plantations are failures. So I would I would say to facilitate deforestation to in this uh, I don't know what do I even say that in this garb of uh, in enhancing forest cover seems like a farce to me. So that's that's one. Uh, now you, um, what I would also say is that as far as the Godavanman judgment is concerned, yes. the government is saying that it is not, uh, whoever, the, the bill is saying, uh, and the MOFCC, the JPC committee, says that it does not dilute it, hmm. right? Uh, that's what it says. But I, um, I would say no, because it is relying on uh, these state expert committee reports. Uh, that the Supreme Court had said that there should be state, co- uh, right? Co- yeah. Now the state expert committee reports uh, one. Do we have all states uh, submitted this? We don't know which states have submitted it. We don't yes. know. Yes. And I have I have uh, a- accessed one or two uh, in this hurried time frame. That was all I could do. And they are pathetic. Right. They are pathetic. They themselves admit that. We didn't have, we weren't given a time frame to do a proper job. They are right. not exhausted. They are not ground truth. They are hurried. They have, whether they have followed the parameters or not, we sure. don't know. So at least we need to table them. At least we need to know what we stand to lose because uh, the scope of what we stand to lose is so vast and we use, lose very high biodiverse forests. Only 750 square kilometers of the 17,000 kilometers of forest. Is recorded in uh, not even one uh, percent recorded in Manipur. Right. seven hundred kilometers of the seventeen thousand that is recorded as uh, sure. as seen sure. as the F- FSI. So, what are we talking of? What is the scale of what we are going to lose? Where is our precautionary principle? Right, that we were back I think.
0: To I think uh, you know. If, if I could just bring in uh, bring in uh, uh, Doctor Abhi tamim into this, Doctor, I just want to understand from you. There have been reservations that have been raised. Uh, from very specific states, if you look at the northeast, there are there are four to five states that would that would stand exposed or vulnerable at the behest of this new legislation. I mean, their forest cover almost entirely vulnerable because it is in that hundred kilometer radius of the international border. If you look at what has just recently happened in Himachal, in Uttarakhand, in Jammu, in Kashmir, I mean, look at the look at the floods in Delhi. Why go so far? I mean, look at the kind of climate change impact that we are seeing at a time like this. Is this the legislation that we really need? ...to fight climate change.
4: Yeah, thanks for me having me on the show. Um, so there are a lot of contradictions... ...in the way the, the, the act itself has been... ...or the bill itself has been framed. So this, uh, for example, this exemption... ...for linear projects... Um, ...that, you know, for... ...and for plantations and defence infrastructure... ...you know, obviously... Um, ...national security concerns... ...are important and they have to be... Uh, ...they have to take priority... But I see no reason why um, these can't be looked at on a case-by-case basis, which is what the current, uh, current uh, policy already is. So is there something that's so vastly, uh, uh, is there such a huge hindrance that's come in that you have to change the, the law altogether to try and, you know, exempt all forests especially within within a 100 kilometer yes uh, zone yes I see no I, there's there seems to be very little justification for this that has been provided uh, by the government and indeed even in the response by the jpc there seems to be no such justification right. the other odd thing that has been said is that security related infrastructure and so on again is exempt but what they say is that this land will continue to be forest land. So even if all the forests are removed from it on on record, on, yes. it will still continue to be forest land. What does this mean? I it's it's still very unclear from uh, from the rules what what this particular clause means. Is that yeah, mean Nav, the Navneet is also thinking? with
0: us, and I think he can he can perhaps shed a little more light on 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 some of these technicalities. Navneet, would you would you agree that you know there is there is a lot of ambiguity as 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 Dr. Uh, Abhi has just put it.
5: So uh, I think uh, so, yes, I mean, I I clearly agree that there are ambiguities and uh, there are serious concerns in terms of uh, not just in the manner in which uh, the whole changes, the entire changes have been brought about. And like Devoditya and, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Rashmi was also mentioning, uh, you know, that uh, uh, so I think uh, so clearly uh, the government is trying to do uh, too many things, but the manner in which uh, they've actually brought about these changes, may not be the best way in which it should have been done right and uh going back to your first question you know you start off saying that uh justification that has been given is that uh it is trying to meet its uh, climate change commitments and which is why yes you know, uh it have been brought about so I, I kind of agree that uh you know if we if we could actually have 33 uh, percent uh forest cover by bringing in these changes uh, why not i mean but, uh, but is it, is it uh, that easy? I mean, uh, so uh, that is something we'll have to see. But so you I'm know, not as, a,
0: as a lawyer, uh, as a lawyer, if I can just ask you a very straight question, who does this, who does this new bill actually serve? Because if you look at the criticism, and there is a lot of it, it does appear that it's only made it easier. For us to cut trees at the behest of development, it does appear at least from what whatever everyone has said and whatever is being written about this, that it is very one-sided, which is giving essentially a green light to development projects at the behest of forest. Do you agree with that from a legal perspective? So,
5: so I'll kind of rephrase that uh, to say that it has given a lot of freedom to the government to actually do whatever it wants to do and whether it's in the development or something else that of course is the government's discretion. But uh, and and I really hope and I always say this that you know our environment minister has been someone who's so the actually ball been is in the, the
0: ball is in the government's court essentially with this legislation Companies. what the government intends to now do with it is going to be on a case to case basis that's a very interesting yes. argument I have to and, say a very diplomatic one that you've made and, uh, but Dr Ravi Chellam is it really that simple so, and can it actually be case by case can we actually look at this uh, act and say that, okay, this is, a, uh, this is a different legislation, like Predna Bindra said, a completely different one. Let's not look at it as an amendment. It's given sweeping pass to the government. But at the same time, there can perhaps a case be made for you know, government discretionary pass on a case-by-case basis uh, uh, to look at what can be done with this new, uh, with this new act.
6: It looks like uh, the government in absolute denial. In the face of worsening environmental crisis, it's stuck. I mean, it's it's upon us almost on a season by season basis. And here we have an attempt to dilute existing provisions, including introducing something called for any other purpose. A law needs to be far more well defined than saying we will allow it for any other purpose. That's like opening the gate for almost everything. Secondly, we should not make the mistake of equaling destruction of natural ecosystems as development. It's about time we call the bluff on that. Right. Destroying natural ecosystems is actual suicide. But given the process that they have followed and the intent that seems to be in the details of the proposed amendment, I, for one, uh, will not at all feel comfortable if this amendment is passed into law. I think it's a severe step Backward, and I would not be surprised if people would challenge this on the constitutionality.
0: Okay, uh, we have a we have a young audience, university students, who've been listening into this debate, and you have a question what effects will the legislation take to protect
2: the environment and conserve the forests
0: okay so wh- what is that legislation cuz clearly the audience doesn't believe that this is it so do you want to take that on mr rashmi yeah
2: the the, <laughs> the name of the, the the act is conservation and enhancement you know in the, so it's actually what, what is trying to be uh, the, is the the act tries to do is to make it simpler for the people to grow forests grow trees okay and as i said in the beginning itself that the natural forest regenerates by itself and that is what is happening and uh, the, the 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 specter or the threat of destruction of forest just because uh, uh, linear and strategic po- uh, projects are allowed in the forest is not nothing new hmm. for the last 20 years that the rules already exist hmm. for allowing these uh, projects hmm. in the Border areas, the mm-hmm. strategic uh, on the strategic uh, mm-hmm. grounds, and for uh, developmental I have, purposes. I have, I, have,
0: I have very little time left, so I'm going to just very quickly take two questions. Prerna Singh, Bindra if I can bring you back into the conversation, what does this mean, uh, you know, for for the hilly states and for the northeastern states that have clearly raised the biggest banner of revolt? It, it's a disaster.
3: it's disastrous for them because there is going to be no legal cover, no no um, scrutiny, no um no safeguards to for any kind of development because as ravi pointed out it gives sweeping powers as it, and you know for any other purpose and center can just declare any area for any 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 national interest anything so for for not just hilly states hmm. it, it, that's also for left wing extremism hmm. it's also for public utility hmm. so I, I, to my mind, any patch of forest is now open for destruction if the government feels so. So I, I, it, it will, we are, as you keep, as you have emphasized, we're already seeing it. You're hmm. seeing the disastrous consequences. Hmm. Also, I, I, and, and as just one quick point, what Abhi and I just pointed out, only 1% of any development, forget security, everything, all strategic projects get passed. Whether they are for wildlife uh, uh, regulation or for forest regulation, it has to be done on a case-to-case basis. Why do we need to give this blanket, just absolute blanket uh, approval without any sc- scrutiny? Okay. Look at look at the clearance process, 99% sail through and no strategic project has ever got rejected. I have been on these committees.
0: Okay, so you're saying that no project has ever really got rejected. So what case-by-case argument are we even talking about here? I think, you know, we asked a very simple question. We asked a very simple question at the outset that is this the bill that we need at this time, given the climate challenge that we have? And I think a lot of our panelists have given very straight answers. Uh, I'm afraid I'm completely out of time on this edition of We the People, but we leave it for you, the viewer, to make up your mind about this legislation, which, I, which like I said, is, is going to see the light of day anytime after the Rajya Sabha, in fact, passes it. Uh, what do you feel about it? You've heard from the experts. Make up your own mind. Good night, and thanks for watching.